So we are continuing our series, Return to Me with All Your Heart. It's, it's what Lent is about, is about the examination, the reflection, and, and seeing where we are and where God would have us. Today, as Corey made the heart uh, out, of, out of Plato, today the title of this message, because this is out of the lectionary, uh, it's a lectionary series, the title of this is called Imitating. And one of the things to, that each of us um, during this season, I hope, are doing is reflecting on who are we imitating and who would we like to imitate in this season. This morning, uh, the passage is out of Genesis um, chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram also said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and, and, and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? And Abram said, uh, so the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. And Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country that is not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. And said, to your descendants I give this land, from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. This is the word of the Lord as given to Abram. It's a powerful passage. A familiar passage for many of us is, I am that I am, right? Who, who shall you say that I am? This is another example of a Hebrew translation that I think would be more accurate, is I will be who I will be, when the Lord appeared and went between the, the offering. He appeared as a flaming pot. He appeared as fire. He will be who he will be and who he needs to be in our lives. And that continues to this day. This passage, though, got me wondering something. If you think about looking up at the stars, how many descendants 
are we talking about? How, if, if, if it's going to be numbered as how many stars are in the universe, how many descendants is that? How many? So, of course, you, me being me, I looked it up. It's one zero 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 stars. That's that's a lot, right? That's 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 a sextillion. That's all. That's it's it's more than I can count. It's ten to the twenty-first. I can I know that much. It's one billion trillion, one sextillion. It's a lot. It's a lot of stars up there. The amount is equal to about the number of grains of sand on all of the beaches on planet Earth. And if we're honest, we aren't really sure. You know, nobody's gone up and gone, one, two, three. You know, so we're not really positive how many, but there's a lot of stars up there. So what must Abram have thought? Put yourself in Abram's shoes. And he's he's like, you're going to have all these descendants. You're 90 years old, and this is going to happen. What would he have been thinking about this message that comes to him? He points out the obvious, right? Well, um... I have no kids. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not getting this, you know. And I'm, by the way, I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. I'm a little bit older than, than uh, the normal parenting age. And you say I'm going to have more kids than there are stars in the sky. How is that going to happen? How can that happen? How, I don't get it. I'm not sure how that will work. He's questioning, right? He has that moment of, what? I don't understand. And then he moves past that somehow and gets to a moment of belief. He moves to faith. And that faith was counted to him as righteousness. Last week, we looked to the land, the tilled earth, the fruits, the first fruits that came from it as we began uh, this journey of ours. We were looking at the generous heart of God and, and what that looks like in the Lenten season. We encountered the remembering and the need for us to remember our story. You have a story and a history, and those things are important. You have an identity, right? No longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. That's your identity. That's who you are. And we live in a world that doesn't want you to have that identity. It wants to remove that from you and and make your identity what you do or make your identity something else in your life. But your identity as a believer is child of God. And then there was a celebration at the end. This week, though, we're going to turn our gaze outward and upward. We're going to look towards the source of the promises that we have, the source of the things in our life, the source, uh, hopefully, of our dreams, the things that we have in our heart and our life that God has put, put there for us in this season as we begin to identify our calling and what that looks like. We're going to look to the guiding star in our Lenten path. And wherever we're beginning this journey, the goal is to take one step closer. You know, it doesn't matter if, you, if, you, if you're just starting out as a believer or if you're not a believer and you're in here and you're going, who is this Jesus and what's that about? Welcome. Welcome. Glad that you're here. If you're a new believer and, and, and you're going, okay, I'm kind of excited, I, I, but I need to learn more because, it, it, you know, I hear a lot about Jesus, but I don't know exactly what this looks like. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you're somebody who's wrestling with your calling and you're not sure, you you think that you're being moved in a direction, welcome. I'm glad you're here in this season. Maybe you're a long-time believer and you're like, you know, I'm I'm on cruise control. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. God's going to meet you where you are. And if you encounter and when you encounter the living God, you will not 
come out of that unchanged. See, I trust that God will move in our hearts. You know, I can't move you, but God can move in our hearts. I love that heart. I love that because God is working on our hearts even now. God's going to take us the next step deeper into our faith. God is meeting us where we are and not leaving us there and leading us further along. You know, for Abram, God's promise had to seem out of reach. It had to seem impossible. When we look at the stars, they're off in the distance. They're far, far away. God's promise would have seemed that way to Abram because it didn't make sense. It was implausible. He certainly wanted, would have wanted something close. He would have, okay, if I'm going to have a lot of descendants, you might want to give me a child. Because that's probably where to start. I need a baby, and you know, and I want to be able to hold a baby and not just have this promise of a baby because it's got to, you know, that's that. If I have the newborn in my arms, I'm gonna be a little more secure in what you're telling me because right now I don't get it. You know, he would have wanted that. He would have wanted some assurance. Anybody in here want some assurance? <laughs> Okay, God, I'm trying. (laughs) I'm not sure where I'm going. But give me something tangible. I believe in you. I believe your promise. But I I need something to hang my hat on. For Abram, it would require faith to believe. Because Abram had his doubts, right? He had some doubts in the beginning. So we're in good company when we want this proof. When we want God to show up, we want the proof of God's promises kept. But I have to tell you, in the end, it's going to come down to a faith choice. Are we going to remain faithful and trust that God is faithful as well? I will tell you that he is. But it requires us to take some steps and to hang on to that faith. And for Abram, that was what happened. He he kept his faith. He had doubts. He questioned, how's this going to happen? But the faith that he had is what led him to seeing the promise kept you know humans are meant for stargazing we're meant for dreaming we're meant for being creative from the earliest of civilizations from the beginning of humanity we have looked to the stars right we've it's it's something that we've always known we try to figure stuff out we look we look at the galaxies we want to answer questions we mark celestial movements and and uh, with great enthusiasm what does that mean and and you know we we have there was something some that came up what was it uh it was the day before my birthday December 21st of 2012, that, I'm forgetting the year, what was going to happen on December 20, and that was mean, wasn't it, because my birthday is December 22nd, and they said the world's going to end on December 21st, that ain't right, you know, I, I was about to miss out on some presents, that's not good, you know, but, of course it didn't happen, but still, you know, <laughs> but that was the Mayan thing, right, they, they, they had to figure it out, and, and on December 21st, 2012, everything was going to end. See, we look to the stars to try to get our answers because we want to figure it out. If we could just figure out even the main thing or the one thing, then all of our concerns and our questions would, could melt away because then I'd understand life would make sense. It would be better. The orderly beauty of the night sky would inform me, and I would be good and okay. But it doesn't always work that way. See, when we look at the night sky, we see a lot of the same stars that Abram saw, by the way. A lot of the same stars that he saw on the night that he asked the tough questions. We said, how is this going to work? What is it going to look like? The same stars that the Magi saw when they were looking for Jesus are still in the sky. Maybe not that big one, but man, those same uh, stars are up there. And as the psalmist says here, he counts the number of 
the stars. He gives names to all of them. Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. The same stars that made the psalmist break out in this song. But I have to tell you, faith is hard. Faith is hard. No amens? Okay, faith is hard for me. (laughs) Apparently it's easy for y'all, but... (laughs) But faith is difficult. It's hard. It's tough to hang on. And what happens for us when God and God's promises seem as distant as the stars themselves? What happens when a family who has prayed for years for a child asks along with Abram, Oh, Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless? They want that assurance. What happens when someone loses a house, someone loses a job, loses health care, and in the struggle... In the struggle to survive, they go to God and they say, Oh, Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? Just like Abram says, how am I to know that I will possess it? Certainty is elusive in this world of ours. This the the assurance, it's tough. It's tough. And many of us are waiting in the dark. We have urgent prayers to be answered. And God's promise, we're relying on it, but but Lord, where are you? And it seems so far away. So how do we keep faith burning brightly in our hearts when the stars that are meant to guide us seem dim and cold and far off? Until this moment in Genesis, Abram had unquestionably done everything that God had asked of him. He left his homeland. He left Ur. He built altars. Now, he did make some bad decisions He, you know, with when he got in trouble a few times, but he made a lot of good ones. He parted from some of his family when, the, when it became the thing they needed to do. He f- departed from Lot, all the while following God's promise of land and descendants like a trail of blessings. He was following where God was leading. As chapter 15, as our, as our passage today opens, however, Abram has begun to question whether this promise of land and offspring will ever come to pass, which you and I, by the way, would have too. If you hit 90 and you ain't got no kids, you're going to go, what? This is not going to work. Right, Charlotte? Charlotte, you're going to have some kids soon? (laughs) Carol, you up for a few more kids? Grandkids, there we go. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> I have the T-shirt. <laughs> but Abram is quest- has the questions of is beginning to question those things, and it appears that he's willing to have faith to a point. And as as he's getting close, then the fulfillment of the promises of God become implausible, and he starts questioning even the messenger, even the angel, and that's precisely when the questions, confusion, fear, sometimes stubbornness sets in for us. It's when we begin to seek human answers. For Abram and Sarai, that's when Hagar, his maidservant, became the option, right? I don't know how God is going to do this, but I know how this works, so why don't you take Hagar, my maidservant, and have a child with her because she's younger? And so Abram said, okay, because they couldn't see God's solution, they went to their own. And Ishmael was born, and we have enmity to this day between Ishmael and Isaac, the Islamic faith 
and the Jewish faith. And it continues. But I want to emphasize this. See, Abram is us. Abram is us. His, this is the quintessential human journey of faithfulness in God. See, if we're grounded in our faith when we begin our journey, we will trust. We, too, trust in the promises of God. We grab hold of those. But if we, and if we keep walking on our journey and those promises don't seem to be any nearer, what do we start doing? We start questioning, right? Okay, God, what's going on? We question our own faith. Maybe if I had more faith, then God would show up and, and it would work out. If it, so maybe we question God's faithfulness. Well, he says he's faithful, but where is he? So we begin to question these things. We, it might even question the possibility of our dream. Is this where I need to go, or is it something that I'm doing of my own volition, or is this where God would have me to be? We question the hurt of human suffering that we see in ourselves and around us. We have the fear that we were wrong to trust in the first place, perhaps. I put my faith, and, and it's not bearing out. It's a painful place to be, sitting on the ground, staring up at a sky that seems so far away without answers. Kit and I went to Big Bend National Park in Texas. And the, the thing about Big Bend is that it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's no towns around it, which means there's no light. And when you go to somewhere where there's not a lot of man-made light, it's dark. And the night sky is incredible because you can see stars and you can see the beauty of that. And, and they can seem so far away and there's so many But that experience that Abram went through, that experience that many of us go through, is the catalyst for our growth and faithfulness. It's from that place that we can grow and, and become more faithful as God does show up and fulfill the promises that he gives to us. That's what he did with Abram. But it's in the questioning that Abram learned to trust again. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to have those moments. And Lent, this season that we're in, is about a transformation of the heart. Question by question, Abram's heart is being shaped into a more trusting form. Perhaps that's you in this season. You got a lot of questions. Where are you at, God? What's going on? You seem far away. Perhaps you've been praying and seeking after promises with God for a long time. And it seems impossible or at least implausible. Perhaps your heart, though, is just as pliable. And I would say just as fragile as Abram's. Abram sets a familiar pattern for us of faith, doubt, and finally trust. Part of Abram's dream says that before God's promises will be fulfilled, there would be a time of struggle. Now, we don't like that. We don't like that there's going to be a time of struggle often between the fulfillment of the promise. And it's easy to glide past that passage that says there's going to be 400 years of enslavement. Because we like this point, skip the struggle, give me the promise. You know, that's kind of the way that we would like it to be. 400 years is a long time to keep trusting. 400 years is a long time to keep your faith. 400 years is, is a long time to believe that you're going to find this land that's not your own. B 
That's what the promise was. And that's what this season is about. This is a long season of Lent. We're giving time in the wilderness to ask tough questions. We want to ask tough questions. We want to learn to trust our heart to God's heart. And that means that we're going to have to have to move into a different place from where we are. Our steps need to move to where God would have us to be. There's a path for you, and, and, and it's moving in that direction. And it might just be a baby step, but a baby step is a step. And the way may be long and winding. There's a song in that, isn't there? But the God who set the stars in motion is going to guide us on our journey. He will not give up on us. He will not give up on us. So if you're in that place of questioning, welcome. That's good. It's okay. If you're waiting on God to show up, I'm glad that you're waiting. I'm glad that you're seeking. The next time maybe that you look up at the one billion trillion stars, how many? Sextillion stars. We might begin to trust that the God who's put them there, the God who sent his son to die for us, We'll see you through the season that you find yourself in. But I will tell you that there will be questions and that fear can come. 412 Youth grabbed hold of this song. You guys can feel free to sing along or listen to it. But know that this is true in this place. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right enough, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, but you'll never be enough. He is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you.
You know, we face a lot in this life. And there are parts of what we go through that are really challenging. But fear is not a part of us. I wanted to close with this passage of Scripture. It's a message from Paul to the church at Philippi, but it's also a message from Paul to you, and it's a message from Paul to me for today. I'm going to be reading from Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. I'm going to be reading the message. Stick with me, friends. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this course headed for this same goal. There are many out there that are taking other paths. They're choosing other goals. They're trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you about them. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross. But Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there and make their bellies their gods, belches are their praise. All they can think of is their own appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he's putting everything as it should be under and around him. My dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy. Fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on track, steady in God. Don't waver, stay on track, steady in God. If you've got a voice of fear in your head these days, know that that is not from God. And it's trying to pull you away from your identity. Fear is a liar. Don't listen to it. Don't waver. Stay on track. Steady in God. This is a message that you're going to get every week because it's important for us as we move forward into Lent to know this and to grab hold of this. When we do time reflecting, when we actually do this self-examination, we might bump into stuff that's hard 
for us. So know this. God is with you. There's not a step that you take where God is not with you. God is with you. Know this too, that God is for you. God is not just with you. He's, trying, he's moving you. He's got a path for you because God is for you. God is with you. God is for you. And even more so, God has already got a plan. And God is ahead of you. You know why? Say it with me. Because God loves you. God sent his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that through him the world might be saved. That's our God. Our God is a saving God, a God of salvation, a God of joy, a God of love, and he loves you. He loves you. He loves everybody in here with a measure that is indescribable. The stars, his love is bigger than that. 